It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Logan Jaffe here, this time on Curious City, Half Day Road. If you don't know it already, it's that long suburban stretch of road that runs from the Skokie River area to the intersection of Buffalo Grove Road. If you're in Chicago's northern suburbs in Lake County, you've probably seen the exit signs on I-94. But why is it called Half Day? Uh, it takes half a day to get there? Because the taking the whole road takes half a day? Because um, you need half a day to get from the city to the road? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I have no clue. Anita Silvert, who grew up in Skokie, asked us a question with this suburban myth baked right in. Here it is. What is Half Day Road in the northern suburbs a half day from? Who made the trip and in what kind of vehicle? Well, reporter Laura Pavin found an answer to Anita's question. Google it. You are wrong if you ever assumed that this road was named for the amount of time it takes to get from somewhere to somewhere. But the question left the door wide open for Laura to look into why there's a myth behind the name Half Day Road. It is an easy mistake to make. The nature of this road, you think time and in traveling it today can be painful. (laughs) I know that from commuting to visit my parents in the northern suburbs during rush hour. Like, I think it's brought me to tears, actually, like (laughs) how long I've sat on that road. I invited Laura to come into the studio to tell us more about what she learned from investigating Half Day Road's true origins. And the details turn this kind of quirky myth-busting story into one that's a little stranger, a bit more ironic and definitely more sad than it first seems. Okay, Laura, so where did the name come from? The name came from a Potawatomi chief, Aptikisik. He lived along the Fox River with his tribe around the 1830s. Uh, His name roughly translated to center of the sky or half day or be who could do a whole day's work in half a day. Turns out he made a strong impression on the first white settlers in Lake and DuPage counties. So Aptikisik was known to be very welcoming to early settlers. There were a couple examples I found in my research. One was Henry Blodgett, who was the son of a DuPage pioneer. Uh, He wrote in a letter that Aptikisik had helped protect his family and others. Um, During the Black Hawk War in 1832, he led them from Downers Grove to Fort Dearborn along the Chicago River. And then Lake County's first permanent white settler, Daniel Wright, Aptikisik and his tribe had helped him build his home and tend to his crops. And he was close with his family, too. He was very much a, a presence in, in early settlers' lives. Remember when I said the story gets sad? The Potawatomi signed the Treaty of 1833. That gave all land west of Lake Michigan and up to Lake Winnebago in Wisconsin to the U.S. government, meaning the Potawatomi were then forcibly removed west of the Mississippi River. Except the treaty was only signed by a handful of Potawatomi, acting against the will of the majority of the tribe, Aptikisik included. And when Aptikisik and thousands of other Potawatomi were marched out from their land, those white settlers who he had helped build homes for and grow food for, whose lives he literally saved, either they could not or they would not help him stay. But some had misgivings. Henry Blodgett, the son of the DuPage pioneer, 
uh, he wrote an account saying that he remembers a very tearful exchange when Aptekisik and his tribe had to move west to the Mississippi. So there's definitely a sense of that they're they're very close with him. Close enough that some settlers named their new Potawatomi-free town after him. Ironic, considering Aptekisik himself was further away than ever. So there was a town before there was a road, and there was actually a half-day inn that was built kind of shortly after the establishment of the town, and so it took people a long time to get there, so they started thinking, oh, that makes sense. How quickly we forget. But Laura and I wondered how common it was to forget the origins of a name in the matter of only a few generations. So we called Edward Callery, who wrote the book on Illinois place names, aptly titled Place Names of Illinois. Calorie is Curious City's go-to expert when it comes to these kinds of things. Hi, Logan. Hi, you can hear us. That's great. And Laura's here, too. Hi, Ed. Hey, Laura. What's up? Yeah, so how the name Half Day got mistaken so quickly for the name of this Indian chief to the amount of time it took to travel from point A to point B. Right. Why aren't we more curious about that? Uh, People are not really interested in the names of the places where they live until you point it out. Why is this called Half a Day? And that's when people get to make up the stories. You know, nature abhors a vacuum or something, and when we don't know something, we make up a story to to fill it out. Calorie's big into this idea that often people will make up stories behind place names and settle with only knowing a fraction of the history. But if you dig into name origins, that's when you get the insights into culture, place, and personality. He's seen it time after time. While we had Calorie on the phone, we wanted to run something else by him. Laura had found something pretty remarkable in her research. And when you have an Illinois place name expert on the line, you don't want to miss an opportunity to stump him. Uh-oh. I found an article written by this guy, James Coder, who wrote about it for the Topeka Capital Journal back in 2001. Except James Coder in Kansas was writing about his own curiosity about a different half-day road sign 450 miles away from Illinois' own half-day road. This other half-day road is in unincorporated Elmont, Kansas. This article that you picked up on about half-day was written 15 years ago. And I guess those things are still out there on the Internet. Amazing to me that you stumbled onto that. I have my ways. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a cemetery called Half Day, and there's a creek, and it's called Half Day. And I raised the possibilities in that article that it might have been a half day's walk from someplace. Did you get that? This guy in Kansas, James Coder, assumed that half day must be a half a day from somewhere. Now, there's no curious city in Kansas, so Coder had to do his own homework. Why, I found out that half day was a Pottawatomie Indian chief. The uh, common idea is that Chief Half Day and his wife and daughter walked up the half day creek from their residence and that they hunted along there and so consequently someone started calling it half day and it apparently stuck half day that's that's very interesting i know right what do you make of that uh it was quite common when many uh, uh eastern tribes were physically moved from illinois to kansas 
and to Oklahoma. They were given reservations there when their land was sort of taken from them. And many of the tribes, once they set up uh, villages and all, renamed them for places and people that they had left east of the Mississippi. And that's probably what happened to uh, Half Day. Well, actually, we found out that Aptekizik himself moved to Kansas. Oh, okay. That's what uh, Coder told us, at least. Uh, I've been to his grave. Uh, he and his wife are both buried along Half Day Creek, and it's just in a field now. It's not marked. I, 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 I was not aware of that, and I appreciate that information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'd be interested in uh, reading his article. So it, it just seems odd to me that it would happen in Illinois that a town would name themselves after a departing uh, Potawatomi chief, and then it happened again in Kansas. What do you make of that? Uh, he was obviously known to European settlers in Illinois, and he may have been known to European settlers in Kansas as well. He was a local, so people and settlers wanted to, you know, give some kind of recognition to the fact that he was a local leader. So he's basically a local twice. Yeah. Right, and he was a local personality. It seems Aptekisik himself was kind of an extraordinary person, um, and that he seemed to be leaving these impressions in Illinois and definitely in Kansas. Um, and it seems like what you're saying is that you know the names that we choose for ourselves or for our communities tell us something about our own selves or how we see ourselves. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. the last question I we have for you is: Should we? be more curious about the names of, of places where we live? Interesting question. And I will ask you one. Are you curious about what your given name means? Logan? Logan, yeah. What, is it all, what does all this personal stuff have to do with the question that I asked you about place names and whether we should, you know, be curious or care about them? Like, I'm, I want to know the link here. Right. Most people are no more interested in the name of the place where they live than they are about their given name. Hmm. Does it matter, you know, where your ancestors came from? No. But on the other hand, I think uh, your heritage is a little bit richer if you do. It uh, adds a great deal of, uh, of uh, insight into who you are and where you came from. Does that make some sense? Does it make sense? If it does, here's something to consider. Sometimes, place names can disappear entirely. For example, the town of Half Day, Illinois, the place name for Chief Aptekisik. It doesn't exist anymore. It was annexed by the suburb of Vernon Hills in 1993. The Half Day Inn was demolished in 2007 after 152 years of business. In its place is a Starbucks coffee house and a new development called Commons at Town Center. But if you type Half Day into Google Maps, it still takes you to the spot of the old town, named after the old Potawatomi chief, and that curious-sounding Half Day Road. Hi, this is Jessica Popovac at Curious City. Logan Jaffe and Laura Pavin originally reported this story back in 2016. Since that time, the man who discovered the real origins of Half Day Creek in Kansas has passed away. 
Reverend James Coder died in October 2017 at the age of 93. And one more thing. In 2016, a new business opened up down the street from where that old Half Day Inn once stood. A few blocks from the new Starbucks, there's now a brew pub, Half Day Brewing Company. Its website tells the story of Chief Aptekisik. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Next time on Curious City, in the 1890s, the Chicago River was filled with sewage, industrial waste, and dead animals. And it flowed into the lake, where we get our drinking water. So they reversed the flow, and it worked. It didn't smell anymore. It was like a miracle occurred here. But people downstream were not so thrilled. A wave of poo coming down from this giant metropolis is something to be less enthusiastic about. The environmental impacts of reversing the Chicago River. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown.